All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about drawing inspiration from retro games. Now, one of the things that you guys talked about here in the main show is that uh, you you love these retro games and how that kind of brought you in or brought you back into the hobby, and it's helping to bring other people, other friends of yours, into the hobby. And before we got to talking uh, on the show, you're, you're telling me about how you, you've got just a whole basement full of these games and how you love them. So let's talk about talk about these games, talk about some of your favorites, and then talk about how they've kind of inspired you to travel down the design road and make your own games. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the retro games that actually kind of drew us drew us heavily in into the the board gaming world. Um, our friend uh, brought Fireball Island. He he bought that and brought it right over, and we played the original Fireball Island, and we absolutely fell in love with it. Because you know what, I I remember going into the game stores and and seeing Fireball Island on, on the shelf because you couldn't miss it because the box is huge. Mm-hmm. But uh, kind of took you back to that time and and started thinking about all the other games that I used to see and then one by one started collecting it and you know going on eBay seeing these games or going to yarn sales flea markets whatever you know fast forward down the road and my entire basement now is stuffed with with uh, retro games and I was loving it because we were having all these game nights and our friends were coming over who didn't play board games you know they were coming over every weekend every other weekend and we're, we're having these all day you know game days and, and we're just having an absolute blast just going through the the catalog of you know some big ones like tornado rex and uh a key to the kingdom and obviously fireball island um lost valleys the dinosaurs lost Valley, yeah <laughs> the whole waddington collection um yeah no, it was just oh it from the pit oh, i mean yeah. all, all these all these like classic retro games so we were just absolutely loving it and that was kind of the natural progression to you know, leads to like, okay, we love board games, then started going to board game shops and, and really seeing the entire board game world, like what, what's out there. And then, uh, you know, start picking up some more modern games. And basically that that's what led us into the game world and, you know, into, into game design. Yeah, definitely. Key to the Kingdom. That's one that, I, I, man, as you said, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that game. Because that was the game that you would flip over the board and you play on the back of the board. And if there was any other characters or any other players on that side when it got flipped, then they just, that sucks to be you. You know, and so I remember like you'd flip it over and move around on the on the backside. I feel like a new game needs to do that. That's a really cool mechanism that could be used somehow in a, in a modern game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why, I mean, you know, you go into a whirlpool and you flip the board over and now you're playing it on the other side of the board. You know, these these retro games, they actually had like some some really really great ideas that would be really fun to expand on you know use some ideas but then kind of expand onto it and that's what uh that's what led bob and i into you know obviously making monster highway but we we loved that you know game that you can sit down you can put it down on the table and anybody can sit down and and play and have an absolute blast you know regardless of, of your gaming experience so I think that's why Bob and I just were kind of just drawn to that that aspect of doing that like gateway kind of filler game style. It, also, too, the, the retro games, they had the over-the-top thematics to them, too. They always yeah. had someone was in peril. They were trying to escape from, you know, this volcano, this this crazy tornado Rex fella. You know, there's fireballs coming down in the island. There's a uh, bridge, a forbidden bridge. There's a bridge that's shaking. <laughs> You're trying to get to the temple. Something's <laughs> happening. So that kind of like with Monster Highway and Sheep and Bob, people are like, man, you guys kind of lend yourself to like destructive thematics. And it's, But I think that's kind of just our our roots of, of, of the games that we always liked growing up, just coming out in the newer games where we just – feel like you know just needs that that cool little thematic element to it you know people come up and they're like what's monster highway all about well there's a nuclear meltdown and there's big monsters moving around and you're trying to drive your signs oh cool 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 and 
you know, sheep, Umba, you know, your sheep have wandered into an active landmine field and they're like, Oh my God, this is like over the top, but I love it. Like, yeah. and I, I think that's, that's where we're drawing our, the chaotic themes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely like the chaotic themes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look back at these games and obviously the mechanisms are dated with the roll and move and you know, that, that kind of thing. But the experience that they were creating, I feel like is something that we still love in board gaming now, you know, and I, one thing I love about old school games is that you look on the back of the box and the kids playing that game seem to be having the absolute <laughs> time of their yeah. lives. Like this is the best thing to ever happen, or maybe they're on LSD. I'm not sure <laughs> which one is it, you know? And so I feel like if you can recreate that experience, you know, with just modern day mechanisms, then you, you have a pretty good uh, game on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's actually funny going back to that. We, we have to bring it up. So um, you, the, the retro commercials would always end the same exact way with the kid going, I win. And that was like our, our, our thing for the longest time, you know, playing these games, whoever won would have to do the little kid voice. I, I, I win. So when we made monster highway and we want to make our Kickstarter video, we're like, wouldn't it be funny if we did like this whole like retro game commercial just how how it was what we always referenced for for years so we made a commercial kind of like in the style of like almost like you, when you're watching a retro commercial you know on, on tv and we had to have to have that i win our cousin did the i win thing in it we had the, all the people all four of them they were dressed up as like the player color that they were so like one had a red t-shirt right. one had a blue t-shirt and right down the line so it was just like completely over the top um, acting like little kids all the way down to the, I win at the very end. <laughs> yeah. Another game that did this recently uh, is Dinosaur Island. If you go back and look at their Kickstarter campaign, their main video is, is these grown adults, but they're kind of acting like the over the top, you know, overacting kids, yeah. you know, playing, playing the game. And they're all, I think they're all dressed in their player color too, if I'm remember that correctly. Oh, nice. and, it, and it worked really well. I, I feel like it draws people in with that nostalgia factor. Um, but then, you know, it's a very, very modern game. They just try to tap into that kind of feeling of the old school stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of what we were, we were going for. Just, it, it's just funny how something from your past just comes forward and, and, you know, to pay homage to it, it just, it's been a blast to, to utilize that little aspect in our, in our games. Yeah. Now, what, what are some of the other maybe mechanisms or way these games worked that you would like to see in modern day games? Like I just mentioned, it'd be really cool to see a new game that the board, you know, flips over or at least part of it flips over and you play on the back of the board. That'd be a really cool thing to see, you know, in 2019, 2020. And so like, what are some of these other things that you really wish other companies or other designers would create, would kind of steal from, you know, the past and bring it to, to now? So I, well, actually, uh, so Going to, uh, I guess, Fireball Island, you know, we, we loved that that blue mold kind of board. And I know that there's the the new Fireball Island that got released, but that would, that would be so cool to have more like that that three-dimensional board that, that that creates a whole different kind of experience. So that'd be fun if, you know, other designers kind of, ex, you know, kind of explore that, that whole aspect of creating a three-dimensional board. I know there's a giant uh, cost element to that, but... Um, you know, bigger companies that that'd be cool if that uh, if that was starting to become a thing. Because yeah, it seems like any more table presence seems to be the leading factor. Like, oh, you know, what are we gonna do that's gonna like hook people? Because if they're they're in Gen Con or they're at Pax Unplugged or something, and and they're walking through a sea of board game uh, companies, you know, what's really gonna catch their eye? And if they see pieces are elevated off the the table, you know, a foot, and they're like, oh my god, what is that? I need to see that. That's it's kind of like, I guess, why maybe dexterity games or something like that, like they draw people in because they, they're thematically different. Something is, is standing up from, from the table. Um, and I think that's what a lot of the older games definitely brought to it. You know, like 
he was like Lupin Louie or something like that, where there's like an airplane like going around and up and down and there's, you know, three dimensional pieces uh, within it. I know that the production is definitely something to consider, but it, I'm sure you could probably work that way, you know, work that in, in cardboard or, or, or in another way to make it a little bit more affordable, but they definitely elevate it. Yeah. And an extra dimension would, would be huge. Yeah. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, over 600 games came out last year at Gen Con. And so just the idea of trying to figure out how to stand out amongst that 600, you know, and also the other tens of thousands that are already out, it's it's a difficult thing. And I feel like, you know, going back old school with some of these kind of over-the-top games and the way they stood out and, you know, bringing that to the modern day and just adding some new mechanisms, some new new themes, new art, different kind of things uh, is, is really interesting amalgamation of those concepts, right? Bringing the old school to now uh, is, is a way to stand out. I feel like it's a, it's a good idea. And I guess that's why Restoration Games is, is doing yeah, so well, right. you know, with Fireball yeah, and, yeah. and uh, all these other games that they've kind of, you know, brought back from the past and dusted off and changed them a little bit and, and made them modern. It's a good point. I mean, it seems like just as humans were, were, were very uh, cyclical in, in our, our process, you know, from, you know, clothing, um, cars, like everyone wants to go back to like a, a retro style car. Or they, they want to go back to their bell bottoms if they want to <laughs> wear that, if they come back again, or, you yeah. know, it seems like the things that were popular in the seventies, like kind of come back around again. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the board games kind of follow suit with that too, to an extent. Yeah, definitely. Well, gentlemen, any closing thoughts, closing advice for somebody that maybe wants to take some retro ideas some retro games and bring them in to 2019? Uh, definitely do some research, but it's like unfortunate too, because a lot of the older games, you know, they're, they're, they're big tickets now. Like if you look up on eBay, um, maybe find a good friend <laughs> that actually has them still, but definitely try and play as many old games as you can, um, just because there's a lot of jewels out there and, and it's just a matter of finding them. Hit up your flea markets too. You'd be surprised what's at the thrift stores and the flea markets uh, lying around there. We've found some of our best stuff there. So it's definitely good for research. Yep. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, again, really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with the uh, the games you got in the works and good luck with everything else you got going on right now. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Gabe.